Got a radio head. It's better than the rest. Green to red. Radio head. That's who we're talking about today. Well, that was a Bush song. I know. You weren't ready for that. I wasn't. I was unprepared for that. No, Radiohead is named after a Talking Head song. Talking Head song. Guess what it's called? It's called the Benz. That's one thing I've said about you is you're good at guessing. I'm a good guesser. You're a good guesser. The good guesser of the show. I think you should just put it in your Twitter bio. I will. Do you have 240 characters? No. Fucking 280 now. Two, is it 280? It was 140 it, and they doubled it to 280. 280. It's right, just right. one of the worst ideas. Yeah, the best things I've seen is people say they're going to sign it like it's like a message board in like the 90s. That's trash. The great thing about Twitter yeah. is even if you're a fucking idiot, you only have 140 characters to be right. a dumbass. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're great, then you're good enough to say whatever you want to say in 140 characters. Do you think Radiohead has 280 characters? I'm certain that Radiohead could get anyone to let them do anything they want to do on anything on the internet. I'm sure they have beta access to any new feature across the board. But why? Because they're an internet band. They're like if the internet could be a band it would be radiohead actually no they're like if uh if the weather in england could be a band then it would be radiohead gloomy gray clouds you haven't seen the sun in a month and a half yeah your teeth are real fucked up and you know your teeth are real fucked up it's just not getting better you know it's not getting better yeah and here's an album actually here's 10 albums about that yeah i'm looking at it i don't think i don't think they have it that many albums? Uh, no, oh. I'm just saying they don't. I don't think they have 200 for 280. Honestly, characters. I'm surprised that they use technology at all. I would think that Radiohead, the people in Radiohead, would be like what Jack White is as a person. I don't like air conditioning. I don't like electricity, that kind of stuff. I would think that Radiohead would be like that, just based on their lyrics. Yes. They make Sam Harris seem optimistic about the future of technology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah about optimism about like AI or something. Yeah. We're just kind of jumping straight into this. Before I forget, because I was just thinking about it, and uh -huh. just on record... Coldplay is this band's fault. Yeah. Not even just Coldplay's music. Everything annoying Everything. that Chris Martin has yeah. done, you would not know about that. Coldplay is Radiohead's fault. Yeah, thanks for Coldplay. You fucking dicks. He's a budget Tom York. <laughs> and Tom York's just a budget human being. Michael Stipe, probably. But, oh, they, yeah, that's good. That's probably true. Here's the thing with Radiohead. Even if you manage to get into a phase of their career, they're not going to stay there for very long. Right. And they're going to piss you off. So unless you fully drank the Kool-Aid and you're just all in on everything Radiohead does, which that's a separate problem, you have to agree with us. You have to. That's actually part of the reason why I wanted to do Radiohead. We talked about this. If they were to, say, play uh, songs off of the Benz live... And then be like, okay, now we're going to play some songs off of In Rainbows. It's two different fucking bands. It's not the same band. Imagine seeing this band live on the Kid A tour. Because it's not like they can throw out all of the guitar music that they made beforehand. So it's you're sitting in the crowd. They're playing guitar music. Here's four minutes of five guys with chaos pads and a drummer. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll go back to the It's like, hey, what in the fuck? You, we want to hear from you. If you are somebody who is a big fan of Radiohead... I don't want to talk to that person. No, I don't want to talk to them. They just want me to tweet out. We're not going to respond. We're just going to read their tweet. But I want to know, did you walk out? Did you go see the Kid A tour thinking that maybe they were going to have guitars still? And you were like, fuck this bullshit, and you left? But here's the thing. You can't really say everyone who thinks guitar Radiohead is better is right. No, I'm just saying it's different. If you liked it because of the, the exactly. sound that they had, then... It's not like one of them is right and one of them is wrong, because, in my opinion... Yeah. 
This band has always sucked. They suck. This band has sucked from beginning until now. And whichever version of the band you think you like, listen to me. It's only a matter of time until you get sick of Tom York's voice. I promise you that. Eventually, you will get sick of his voice. It will just sound like whiny bullshit to you, which is what it is. And you won't be able to listen to this band anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Their band name was originally On a Friday. Should have kept it. Are you serious? I think that's a terrible band name. Well, yeah, but so is fucking Radiohead. Nah, it's a good band name. You think so? I would give that to I, him. I don't think so. It's a I great it band sucks. name. I like Fridays, so <laughs> on a Friday it makes me think of good things. If you don't know how this band got started, please just go look up the album cover of Pablo Honey, which is their first album, and I'm surprised it wasn't already the name and cover of a Gin Blossoms record. Yeah. Everything that happened in the 90s looks exactly like this album cover and sounds exactly like the music on it. Yeah. I was saying that it reminded me of Blind Melon. Blind Melon, Marcy Playground, Candlebox, fucking every single 90s band that had the same bullshit sound and look. I would call it Seattle after half your friends are dead. We're bummed out that everyone we like like is dead because of grunge it's so ugly man yeah mark is showing me the album cover on his phone right now like i haven't seen it yeah it's just so bad it's horrendous it's so 90s though it really is it's 90s as fuck it's so typical of everything that was happening and not indicative at all of the status this band would go on to gain from music critics who say they can't do anything wrong. But maybe we weren't paying attention enough in the beginning because if one of your songs is called Anyone Can Play Guitar, maybe it's a sign of the pretentious shit to come. Right. I looked into that and a lot of people take that to mean that they were saying even back then that being in a band is nothing special because anyone can learn to play guitar. But apparently their position on that song is that it's a celebration of the fact that anyone can play guitar. It's so great because anyone can just pick up a guitar and play it. I don't know if I even believe that they mean that, though, because that's the thing about this band is they have, I would say, a well-deserved reputation for being very depressing, making very depressing and depressed music, and then going to the media to talk about how it's not really depressing. But if you have to tell me that, then what are you doing? You're not very good at your job. Did they put out a, a something before Pablo Honey? Honey? I don't think so. I mean, there there this were like is, other uh, bands. Drill, an, an EP. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, who I mean, cares? who cares? Really? Nobody. Yeah. Pablo Honey is the first thing anybody really cared about. It, well, because of Creep. What I think is hilarious about Creep is that it came out, they issued it as a single to stations, and uh, BBC's Radio 1 called it too depressing to play, and they just didn't play it. This song became a hit in Israel. Really? Yeah, that's why it's a hit. Is that's crazy. Some, some super influential DJ in... I- am I saying Israel right? Israel, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's some super influential what, Israel DJ. or something? I don't something? know, man. I know people say it weird, but Israel. There are always countries where someone will come up and pronounce it a different yeah, way, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck, I'm a white idiot. I've been saying it that's wrong. That's true. I think it's Israel. I mean, if it's not, I don't know. Okay, I we're think the same it is. boat then, you and me. Israel. But isn't that so fucking surreal? Just imagine a bunch of people in Israel listening to Creep by Radiohead before everyone else. Yeah. I'm a creep. Yeah. What does that mean to them? Yeah, real quick, let's pause for one second. How many right-wing crazy people are listening to this podcast right now going, oh, no. the fucking Jews? I forgot. Because there's idiots out there that, you know, say this yeah. kind of shit. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not making a political thing out of it. I'm just saying it's super weird. Sure. You can move it to any country you want to. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a creep. <laughs> Why did Prince cover this song? 
I don't know, maybe he felt bad for him. It's weird. You know, you probably run into that every now and then where somebody, somebody like Prince, which we, I don't think we would probably ever do an episode on Prince. I, I am ready right now. I don't have to do any research. <laughs> Holy shit, he made a lot of bad music. Tyler, Tyler has no hold barred against anybody. Creep by Radiohead is a ripoff of The Air That I Breathe by The Hollies. One of the guys who wrote The Air That I Breathe by The Hollies, his name is Albert Hammond, as in the dad of the guy from The Strokes. He sued Radiohead and won because Radiohead admitted that they plagiarized the song. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're starting from. Bingo. Admitted. Just plagiarized. Yeah, straight up. They're like, yes, we did that. Yeah. And here's the other thing is in the studio, they were calling this song. The working title of this song was the Scott Walker song. So they were saying, yeah, that's our Scott Walker song. It sounds like Scott Walker's music. And that was a misdirect so that people wouldn't sit around and be like, man, what does this sound like? Oh, yeah. It sounds exactly like the song that they stole it from. (laughs) To a T. I love when we talk about bands that have to acknowledge that they 100% stole a song. Okay, if this sounds different right now, uh, Mark and I are punching this into what we already recorded several months ago about Radiohead because now Radiohead is either suing or about to sue Lana Del Rey. Getting that lawsuit, getting that money. They say that she stole their song Creep, which, as you've already heard, it's not their uh, song. not, Not quite an original Radiohead song. They ripped off a song and now they want to sue someone else for it. This is mine now. That's what they're saying, basically. This is mine now. And Mark and I had enough time before this comes out to come back and add our thoughts on it. So Yeah. I didn't even listen to the song. Mark did. I did. The Lana Del Rey song? Yeah. I did, yeah. Only maybe a 30, 30 seconds or I a minute. couldn't imagine myself listening to it. I so mean, I it does kind of sound, I guess. It wasn't exact. I don't know. I wouldn't have listened to it and go, oh, that's Creep. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's the Hollies. <laughs> I assume if they think they have a lawsuit, it's got to sound, you know, somewhat like it. Sure. But the only reason Radiohead owns any percentage of the song Creep is because the writers of the Hollies song, Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood, let Radiohead keep their names on Creep because Radiohead admitted to consciously ripping off their song, sparing everyone the time and legal fees of dragging out a lawsuit. So these guys were like, okay, since you're going to admit that you did it on purpose, we'll let you keep your names on the song. Otherwise, these dudes would have no claim. It's crazy that they would have the audacity to sue her. The writers of the Holly song could have taken 100% of Creep away from Radiohead, and they didn't. And now Lana Del Rey has said twice publicly that Radiohead is coming after 100% of her song. What the fuck is wrong with these guys? It's complete insanity. This is mind-blowing. Unless, I guess it gets a little bit weird with laws and stuff, or uh, how this all works, but to ask somebody for a hundred percent, it's not the exact same lyrics. It's not the, yeah. I, I don't know. Like there are differences, obvious differences. It's not called creep. It doesn't sound, <laughs> I mean, it may use similar chord progressions, but it's not the same exact song. I get, maybe you have to pay a portion of it. I think she offered yeah. that. She offered them up to 40%. That's a lot. Which is a lot. Exactly. And they refused to take it. They wanted the hundred percent. I get what you're saying though. Even if you publicly said, yeah, I just stole this song from someone I mean, you still put in something. You should get to keep 5%, 10%. I something. I mean, I'm definitely not a lawyer and I don't give a shit. 
what I'm seeing now is this whole debate around these copyright laws like this, song copyrights. And it's really frustrating because I see all these people that are in music, or it would be more accurate to say, I see all these people who are trying to be in music yeah. talking about this, saying shit like, uh, it's impossible to write a song now without accidentally ripping off another song because so much has been done already. No, the fuck it's not. Yeah. My eyes are burning because I just, they're rolling so hard in my head right now. That's ridiculous. There has been one instance of Radiohead saying, on purpose, we sat down and ripped off a song. There has been one time that Radiohead has been sued for ripping off a song. Is that a fucking coincidence? I don't think so. No, it's not a They have never accidentally ripped off a song. It was on purpose. Right. So it's fucking totally possible yeah. to write music without ripping off other artists. There is originality left in the world. Yes. How many thousands of songs come out every year that don't end up in a courtroom? 99.9%. I mean, because it's so easy to release songs now anyways, too, to put them on the internet. So yeah. one out of 10,000, maybe more songs end up in an actual courtroom or sued over it. It's ridiculous to say that all songs are stolen or all music is stolen. It is it's, ridiculous. it's just not. What it is, it's built on the backs of giants. Okay. You take what has been done and you improve on it. You evolve the art form. You take it further. You go further. And if you can't do that, sit the fuck down yeah. and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Don't whine about how it's not fair because someone has already done all the things you're capable of doing. Yeah. That's be not anyone else's <laughs> fault but yours. No, be better. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, you got to be better. Fuck. That's like that is a that is a thing. It's all been done before. No, it hasn't. You just suck. <laughs> we got to get back to the rest of this episode. I should say, just this morning, I did read that Radiohead, it, their people are now saying that they haven't actually issued a lawsuit yet. They are talking to Lana Del Rey. They're saying they're not demanding 100% of her song. Uh, we don't have time to wait around to see how this is going to play out before this comes out. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, you'll already know what happened. We don't, but we're still fucking right. Yeah, 100%. We are correct. Yeah, back to the episode. And I'm really looking for, we were talking in another episode that we recorded today about how no one's even going to care that we said that band sucked. Right. People are going to care that we said this. I expect more people to care that we say Radiohead sucks than cared about us saying the Beatles sucked. You think so? Oh, yes. You think this Very hashtag, much. hashtag triggers more people? I think so, yeah. Because, oh. I mean, if you're still on board with Radiohead, they're still out there. It's contemporary. It's not people who have been dead for a long time. Yeah. Or should have been dead for a long time, like Paul McCartney. <laughs> so would you call it grunge i've seen it called grunge light and i think that's very accurate grunge light here's the thing is the guys in the band didn't like it at the time it's got that mm -hmm. apparently what that was is johnny greenwood the guitar player hated the song so much when they were recording it that he just did that to try to fuck it up oh really yeah and it got left in. Yeah. Became an integral part of the song. It's probably the best part of the yeah, song. Yeah. I mean, I'm inclined to believe that that's proof that human beings are telepathic in some way. Yeah. Because that sound is to communicate to us, I fucking hate this song. It sucks so bad. That makes me like it. Yeah. That's why you like that part. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shitty pop song. And then for two seconds in the middle of it, there's a sound of someone hating the shitty pop song. And then it's, you know, self-conflicting everything that fans of postmodern art love. Okay. So, Pablo, honey, and the only thing worth talking about is creep. We talked about that. Right. Uh, the Benz. The Benz sounds like if you two knew how to play their instruments and were obsessed with REM. <laughs> they also have this picture of this guy jizzing on the cover. It looks like he's nutting. Do you realize that a song from that is in the movie Clueless? No. 
Yeah, uh, fake plastic trees. Oh, yeah. Share Alicia Silverstone's character yep. in Clueless. She's getting ready for something, I don't know, and fake plastic trees is on the radio, and she's like, yuck, ugh, the maudlin music of the university station. Wow, wow, wow. What is it about college and crybaby music? Ah, see? Nailed it. Yeah, perfectly. Nailed it. Just. Just was apparently a competition between Tom York and Johnny Greenwood, who are the only two guys in this band who matter. If you want to talk about anyone else in this band, I'm not there for it. Because I don't care. You could replace anyone else in this band, and no one would notice. I don't even know if anybody would even know anybody besides Tom York. They do. Think so? Yeah, man. You're greatly underestimating the fan base of this band. I am. (laughs) just was a competition between Tom and Johnny to see how many chords they could fit into one song. Oh. Isn't that really just annoying? Yes. Like, I don't want the people making the music that I'm going to listen to sitting around and writing music in that fashion. It's just stupid. But people, I guess the thing that bothers me about bands like Radiohead isn't just the band, it's the reception to the band. Like people that listen to that and just go, oh, God, it's so good. And it's like, dude, they were literally joking or having this idiotic competition in the studio what what the fuck is cool about that it's a joke i haven't been doing it but at some point i'm probably just going to make sure that i don't come and do an episode unless i searched to see if noel gallagher said something about a band first because he's always got the goods oasis sucks but noel don't stop giving interviews sir he's willing to say what we're thinking Okay, here's here's Noel Gallagher's quote. I reckon if Tom York fucking shit into a light bulb and started blowing it like an empty beer bottle, it'd probably get 9 out of 10 in fucking Mojo. Yeah, there you go. Which Mojo's a music magazine if you're an idiot. Back to what I was saying was if the band came out and said that we recorded our new record in an outhouse, people would just fucking go crazy. Yeah. I love it. It's so good. It's like moving me. It's moving you to what? Take a shit? <laughs> So fucking stupid. Okay, so can we just move on to OK Computer? So, yes, the Benz comes out. It's the return of guitar music. People think that the Benz is the best fucking guitar album that's been made in forever. Right, right. So reading about the Benz, the the band feels this pressure to follow up from Creep. By the way, pause. Mark does research for this podcast while I'm talking. Yeah, I actually read the The whole time I'm talking, I'm just watching him read his phone. (laughs) It's true. I mean, I do listen to this stuff ahead of time. I'm aware of these bands, so it's not really that difficult. Oh, yeah. Stuff that's wedged in my brain. You're super qualified. Yeah. Band feels pressure from Creep because it's so successful. This is, happens a lot. Well, Creep is Pablo Honey, and so then... Right, exactly. Yeah. But but so they have this successful record mm-hmm. or successful singles. And actually, the pressure in the studio almost broke them up right. recording right. the bands. So they record the bands, put out the bands. Again, I guess uh, deeply emo rock music, though. Well, I already said, I really do think it's like if you 2 knew how to play their instruments and was obsessed with R.E.M., it would sound like this. There was also a story of Tom York went and saw Jeff Buckley, who is garbage just terrible music uh-huh. come at me i don't give a fuck jeff buckley <laughs> sucks tom went to a jeff buckley concert and saw how jeff was singing in a falsetto and apparently had this great revelation that he could do it too no that one can sing in a falsetto without sounding quote-unquote drippy i don't know what that means so anyways he rushes over to the studio does three takes of fake plastic trees and then just breaks into a fit of tears just starts crying yeah that's this album. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's the shittiest how it got made uh, story. What's funny to me about that is that people would make fun of people that I know that like Radiohead or whatever. Oftentimes would make fun of emo music. Oh, that's hilarious. Like Sunday Real Estate or something okay. like that. Like, they say, oh, it's so annoying. It's so emo. But then they're like Radiohead. Well, that's the thing, though, is no matter what you think about whatever phase of music they were making, you know, quote unquote music, it's still just Tom York's voice on the top of it. And th- this 
is a guy that we're calling Tom, and there's an H in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> what? Yeah. Thumb. 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 But the band goes on to release OK Computer, the ultimate Radiohead circle jerk, now begins. This is the beginning, in my opinion, of the Radiohead circle jerk. I'm going to take it a step further, but I've got some other shit to say first before we get into it. But first of all, the sound of this that everyone freaks out about, the sound of this is if you have ever heard Pink Floyd plus any 90s band, this is not revelatory. Right. This isn't that fucking crazy. Don't tell anybody. Just listen to the Boo Radleys. They were getting pretty close to this. Not exactly right because it just wasn't garbage. Mm -hmm. But also, okay, imagine if the Flaming Lips took themselves way too seriously sure it would sound exactly like okay computer. a very serious version of the flaming lips not a fun version i never need to hear the song karma police ever again because if you were alive when this was popular you couldn't get away from it well now it's in my head and i'm just bummed. I guarantee you have the video playing in your head right now too yeah, it just makes me sad i just remember when the record came out it was all anyone talked about like, it was the most revolutionary, groundbreaking music. Even my uncle, who has horrible taste in music. Oh, my God, have you looked at the radio at OK Computer? It's, like, the greatest thing to come out ever. And did, I'm you, like, did you go back and listen to any of it for this? I did not, know Because at the time, I was so, I had to listen to it because yeah. everyone wanted to listen to it all the fucking time in 1997. If you go back and listen to it, I think you will honestly be surprised at how depressing it is. People talk about it like it's this progression of the sound of at least music production, if not songwriting in general. Typically. And it's really not. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad. It's gloomy as fuck. There is no, there's no light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. If you go back and listen to that album from beginning to end, it'll fuck your day up. You won't be having a good day. Which is why I'm always weirded out when people that are not teenagers, when adults like this kind of music, yeah, you're an adult. You're not a child. You shouldn't be like this emotional little basket case anymore. I think it's mind-blowing that there are still people who believe this album is, for real, the greatest album ever made. That's mind-blowing to me. And I guarantee there's probably people that are going to listen to this that, that actually believe that. I would say it's not even the best Radiohead album, but... It, not for me. If I had to rate, you know, piles of shit, I wouldn't say it was the best pile of shit. I have a theory. I think it's possible that this one album ruined music criticism and is entirely responsible for Pitchfork becoming the thing that you and I have talked about hating so much. OK Computer? I think OK Computer is the reason that albums stopped getting bad reviews mm. and Pitchfork was the default tastemaker. Is it because they got bad reviews? Yeah, this album did get some bad reviews when it first came out. Right. I mean, I don't have any quotes or anything because who cares? History has been rewritten. Well, at this point. I got one. I found one because okay. I'm reading. Go ahead. <laughs> it says, This record fucking sucks. Who said that? John Smith. Is that just a guy or is no, that a writer? That's a guy. And he His wrote John it. Smith. This band fucking sucks. And then this other guy right here says, Right here, this band really fucking sucks. Uh, is this you? This Dan Smith. Where are you finding this shit? Well, I, I am reading it. It's real. <laughs> I have read these words. Don't they were question written. where I got it from. Okay, but if you were one of the writers who gave OK Computer a bad review before the hype came through and had everyone convinced that it was the greatest album of the decade, of the century, blah, right, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Everyone thought you were an idiot for getting it wrong. And that's just the critics. 
This for sure happened with just general radio listeners. Like people who, when it first came out and they first heard the single, were like, I don't get this trash. I hate it. It's depressing, blah, blah, blah. Those people were gaslighted by the culture that came to exist around this album really soon after that. Sure. There was just a little breathing room after it was released where you were allowed to have an opinion on it. And then from then until fucking now, you were not allowed to have an opinion on it. Yeah. It's a lot like the Beatles. You can't say the Beatles are bad without people assuming you're only doing it to be a troll. Right. Because how could you possibly not like this? This is a, that's, ex- dude, this is, I remember thinking so much at the time, like I, I didn't think it was good, but I was afraid to say it because so many people were fawning over it. You know what I was listening to in 1997? Because it's a better fucking record anyways. What? $3 bill, y'all. Limp Biscuit. Limp fucking Biscuit. Listen, for real, you and I are having a beer right now. I would probably rather listen to Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit sure. than anything that Radiohead ever did. Because you and I are hanging out and having fun. And why would you want to ruin that? Yeah. Okay, so OK Computer comes out. You're allowed to have an opinion on it. And then all of a sudden, you're not allowed to have an opinion on it. Because it's the greatest album that's ever been made. Cut to the next Radiohead album. It comes out. Kid A. You're the writer who originally panned OK Computer. Now everyone thinks you're stupid. Radiohead releases a slab of indecipherable electronic glitches and bleeps. What do you think that person does who called OK Computer bad right before it became the best album ever? That person checks Pitchfork Yeah. to see what the cool kids are saying about it. And that's what the fans do. OK Computer came out two years after Pitchfork launched. And Pitchfork didn't launch as an automatic tastemaker website. It had to become that gradually. And you think, okay, computer was a launching pad for it. I would bet that it did. I would say Pitchfork launched. Two years later, okay, computer came out. Originally, some people didn't like that. And then those people were told that they were wrong without argument. There's no argument here. You're fucking wrong. You don't get it. And that's why you're wrong. Right. So then Kid A comes out. One of the most challenging albums ever, if you take into consideration how many people were anticipating it. This is the follow-up to OK Computer. I've got to hear this. And it's... Massively anticipated. Super fucking weird. Noise. Whether you like it or not, and we'll get into that, it's way different. And OK Computer was, you know, given some bad reviews. Those people who wrote those bad reviews, they're not going to be like, oh, wow, now they've really gone off the deep end. Because <laughs> they're going to lose their fucking job. Do you ever think that maybe Kid A was a unspoken internal thing that happens in a, with a band where they're like, okay, okay, computer is probably the pinnacle of everything we'll ever do as a musician. So now we're just going to make another record, but we're, we know that it's never going to be as good as okay computer. So fuck it. Let's just put this shit out and who cares? I, because in my opinion, I don't like any of it, but if you had to put things on a scale, it goes off a fucking cliff. <laughs> right at Kid A. Yeah. Kid A is the beginning of that. First of all, Pitchfork gave Kid A a 10 out of 10. So everything that I just went on a rant about, right. when those people who initially dissed OK Computer, when they go and check Pitchfork to see what the cool kids think about it, uh-huh. Pitchfork is like, this is the best shit. This is even better than OK Computer. And if you don't like this, wow, you thought you were done before? Now you're super dumb. You should just kill yourself. That happens so much in the music. I mean, it happens so much in general in life, I know, but in movies, all entertainment things People say, uh, there was this, what the fuck was that Netflix mo- show? Uh, I can't even fucking remember it. It was so fucking bad and everyone thought it was just the best shit. You like, it was the, uh, angel, the first, the OA. Did you watch the OA? Oh, I, that, the final scene <laughs> oh of that was the best, um, <laughs> Well, I was watching that and I actually uh, just started laughing, yeah. thinking about how mad it was going to make everyone, yeah. which is actually kind of what I want to go on to talk about with Radiohead is that like on paper, 
I am a huge fan of that. Get everyone you can to pay attention to you and then just tell them to go fuck themselves. Build up to like a giant fuck you. Yeah. Because it's so fucking bad. I remember Kid I, A is, is the Radiohead version of like this. We're going to build it up to this. <laughs> fuck you. The OA was the same way. The power of interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucked so bad. But it shows you the power of people, enough people saying this is great, and then everyone watches it, and even though it's bad, they still say it's great. It sucks. It wasn't very good. You asked me what I thought happened with Kid A. Yeah. I think that they just started hating music. All music, which is fair. Do they hate music or they hate popularity? Just music in general. And that's what I would say happened. I found an interview with Thom, and he said that <laughs> he said he got writer's block every time he picked up a guitar. Uh, basically, nothing about it was working. Uh-huh. And there's no way they can replicate, right. let alone top, right. that success doing the same thing. So fuck it. If you release OK Computer Part 2, then it is allowed to shit on you. All the people who said OK Computer wasn't good in the first place, they've still got a foothold to say, see, we fucking told you, this is all this band has in them from now on. Right. But if they just pull the floor out from underneath everything and completely change, do everything different now, yeah. then you are forced to accept that as an artistic move. And again, on paper, I love this idea. Sure. I love it. Listening to it, on the other hand. Right, is not. <laughs> that's where we get into a problem. That's where I would encourage any any fans of Kid A or Amnesiac, uh, which is the next album, which was recorded at the same time as Kid A, basically just B-sides that they decided to put out, because basically fuck you at this point. Thanks for that. I would urge any fans of this era of Radiohead, go listen to On the Corner or Bitches Brew era Miles Davis. That's when he decided to just throw all the rules out, deconstruct everything, get really weird with it. The difference between that and what Radiohead is doing is that it's jazz. And Radiohead is doing it with electronica, which is inherently not the same as free jazz because you have to fucking program a computer to do what you want it to do. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with electronic music. I right. like a lot of it. I also think if you like this, you should go back and listen to Autecker and Aphex Twin from the same time period. Those two bands, or not bands, those two artists are a lot of what Tom was listening to. Apparently, he ordered the entire Warp Records back catalog. Good move. Don't try to replicate it. Bad move. I think it was a bad move on his part to try to make music like that because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh-huh. And it's just it's just not good. Aphex Twin even said that he thinks this isn't good. It sounds cheesy. So, yeah, I mean, listen to Miles Davis if you want a fuck music artist or listen to Autecker and Aphex Twin. And if you want newer stuff, like Venetian Snares also had some amazing electronic music that will really fuck your head up. Maybe that's something that we should do more is actually encourage uh, people to listen to certain music. Sounds too positive. Yeah, I don't like it. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I feel like I do. I try to do that like every episode, no, it's really. Fine. I try to offer alternatives. Well, but Kid A was the best album of the decade, according to Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, and The Times. It's just not, though. I mean, it's clearly not. I honestly think Limp Bizkit was a better band. I don't even care. They're more fun. That's a huge thing with Radiohead is this it's is not, not fun. fun. No. And it's and there's really nothing that you can take away from it. It's not like it's not fun, but it's a hard truth you need to swallow to go about your life in a better way or become a better person. There's nothing here that's going to make you a better person. No. All this is is if you reach a certain level of intelligence, the only way you're going to be able to see the world is as pointless and depressing. 
That's the message of Radiohead. You're, I'm too smart for my own good. At least with Limp Bizkit, the message of Limp Bizkit was... Give me something to break. Okay, so yeah, that is the rational response to Radiohead. If Radiohead is positing a world where once you reach a certain level of intelligence, all that there is is suffering. It's void. Some Buddhist sense of all is suffering and ignorance is bliss. You should have said stupid. Yeah. The rational response to that is, is to get as dumb as fucking possible. Yeah, yeah. Just be a fucking idiot. Kill brain cells. Yeah. Break some shit. Be a dumbass. Seriously, one thing leads to another one. I'm not certain on the timeline, but I'm pretty sure that Radiohead hit before Limp Bizkit did. It was about the same time. If Radiohead got popular and this became the fucking conversation that everyone was having, yeah, Radiohead is so good. They're really talking about the world, breaking it down like it is. The rational response to that is new metal. Right. Is this band responsible for new metal? They're resp- I need to check they're, the timeline. They're, they're actually, we do. We have, you have to actually look. If we've got this right, then you and I just hit on this on the mic. Boom. It never would have entered into my mind to think about right. this. No. See, this is what riffing. This is what happens. Don't, Sometimes don't. you go places <laughs> with it. We don't need to blow that much smoke over. <laughs> We're the greatest. This is the greatest podcast of all time. So then the next thing they do eventually is hail to the thief. Who cares? This this to me eventually is really going off the cliff. This is another thing where it's every band that came out at this time, they had to say that their album was vaguely informed by the George W. Bush presidency. Of course. In some way. Yeah. Hail to the thief, you know. But it, 2003. Falling very short of making a direct political statement that would matter, possibly. Or at least say what you're supposedly trying to say. Other than that, I'm worried that George W. Bush might start a nuclear war. Right. The sound of this record is very much like, okay, boys, let's put some guitars back in the mix and sell some fucking records, yeah? Because now they've got guitars back and everyone's excited. And if somehow you haven't heard Radiohead, you should probably just listen to Hail to the Thief because that is, I would say, the middle ground between Mm. the two main incarnations of this band, which are guitar band that everyone thinks could save guitar rock on one hand and just... Five guys with chaos pads and a drummer. But the thing is, if you're going to listen to this record, just stop. Don't. Because this is the end, in my opinion. I think we have to talk about In Rainbows, not so much because of the music that's on it, but because when we did our episode on U2, we kind of dropped the ball in discussing the iTunes fiasco. U2 released their album for free in iTunes. Right, right, right. And there's a huge problem with that that we didn't talk about. And it's also the problem with In Rainbows by Radiohead they decided to sort of pre-release this, which is basically we're leaking it to the internet before you have a chance to because Hail to the Thief had leaked. That was a big thing. And Radio had put in Rainbows Up and their contract with their record label had just expired. So basically they put the record online, digital download, pretty low quality, I believe, 128K MP3 probably. And you could pay us whatever you want to. That fucks everything up. When you have the biggest bands on the planet giving their records away for free, that fucks everything up. Because, yes, you too can afford to give their music away basically as a commercial for you pay an exorbitant figure to come see us live. You pay out the ass for a concert ticket and come see us live and you know you're going to do it because we're a legendary band. $100, $200 band, whatever tickets they are. Radiohead can do the same thing. They can give their music away and it's net positive for them. Yeah. And they eventually released the numbers on this and most people chose to pay nothing. 
60% of the people who got in rainbows through this website paid zero. No money at $0. all. $0. And baby bands cannot do this. No. So what you have, and I'm not the only person saying this. I, I think at least Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth said something similar to what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure there were four or five other big deal people. I, I hope you understand where I'm coming from with this. Baby bands cannot do this. This is not sustainable. It costs money to make an album. You have to not go to your job for long enough to be in the room to make it. Write it, record it, edit mm -hmm. it, mix it, get it mastered. You've got to be there for all of that. So right away, you're not at your job or it's taking you two and a half years to make an album. Right. That's not even counting how much money it costs to record an album. The thing to do back in the day when I would have been trying to do this was catalogs like Musician's Friend. They have a 30 day, no questions asked return policy. Mm -hmm. If you knew that you could record your album in 30 days, you just ordered everything top of the line, had it shipped to you, get your album recorded and send that shit back. Right. And you can record your album for free. I don't know if you can still do that. That's amazing. That's I did not know that was a thing. That used to be the thing. That's actually pretty awesome. If you're a fucking good band and you know your songs and you know you can get them recorded, sure. you can do that. You can record an album for free. Most people are most people don't even know about that. And most people in bands wouldn't be able to do that even if they did know about that. Sure. So this is a problem because it takes time and money to make albums. And once you get that made, if you get done with your album and it's great and two of the biggest bands on the planet have set a precedent of it being worth literally no money, what do you do? Yeah. You're just fucked. It devalues music. It really does. And if you like any band that's not signed to a major label, go ask them their opinion on this. Please do. Are you saying that Metallica was right in their uh, discussion or argument against Napster? Maybe not the approach. Maybe Lars is a dick, whatever. People think what they want about Lars. But did Lars have a point? Everyone getting music for free. It became an expectation. I would say they were on the right moral side of the argument. Right. But the way they fought it was bad. Very ineffective. Yeah. And I would also say that about the entire recording industry at the time. Mm -hmm. I think that the much more forward-thinking solution would have been to incorporate this technology into our business model rather than try to make it illegal, rather than try to throw people in prison for doing something that's easier to do than walking to the gas station and getting a Coca-Cola. Right. It's easier to pirate an album than it is to go get a drink from the kitchen because you're already sitting there. And when it's easier to break the law than it is to follow the law, people are going to break the law. Yeah. That's just a fact of society. Sure. I do think that uh, streaming, which some people still fight, I think that's crazy, but it, now it's becoming a huge uh, revenue stream for bands and for labels and stuff. If labels had incorporated MP3 technology into, I remember when you could buy a CD, take it home and put it in your computer computer, it would pull up an error message because they had installed software oh, making yeah. it impossible to play it on a computer. That's the exact opposite of what you want to do if you want people to keep buying shit. This is how you create us versus them environments. This is not how, I mean, it would have been a much better idea and Radiohead could have done this with In Rainbows. We're going to pre-release it digitally. It costs $5. You could make it cost anything you want to as long as there's an exchange happening other than I press a button, I get the thing I deserve. Right. Your time means nothing to me. So here's the thing is because Radiohead puts it up for whatever you want to pay for it. Now, if you can download it without having to put your credit card information in or even your email address, of course, you're just going to download it. I think the interesting counter argument to my position would be Radiohead not having to cut a record company in on a percentage of it, even though 60% of the people who downloaded this album didn't pay anything for it. 
at the end of the day, did they make more money than they would have? Right. Having to only take a cut of it from record sales through a traditional. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I tried to find out the answer to that. And I don't know if there's a reason why they would make that public. You know, yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't. That is an interesting argument. Still, psychologically, the argument stands. If you devalue music, that would only be profitable. Mm-hmm. for someone who already has a platform like Radiohead. They're the only ones who can just cut out the record company and still make more money because they already have the audience. And they already have the money. They don't need the money. A baby band just can't do that. You cannot get any traction. Right. And this is why music sucks, kids. Bring back the gatekeepers. The system that we had fucking worked. Yeah. It fucking worked. And it's just not there anymore. It's really sad to watch people break their backs trying to make a dream come true that they've been told they can make come true. And then you've got millionaire assholes like you two and Radiohead saying this isn't worth anything. Right. Take this. It's not worth anything to us. We don't give a shit. Spend $150 to come see us in a concert. Because it really just fuels that fire that's already there because of illegal downloading and stuff like that. And it just adds to it. And then it just really drills into people's brains that I don't need to pay for music. I don't need to support the artists that I like. Okay, so if we're done talking about the release of that, the only other thing that I want to bring up about Radiohead after In Rainbows is that they were tapped to write a Bond theme song Uh for the movie Spectre. And it... It was rejected. <laughs> no way. Yeah, because it sucks, man. <laughs> I listened to it. It's so bad. That's a big band to be getting rejected. Can you imagine? The song is so bad. They released it themselves. They did. And it's so not good. But you should go listen to it and just imagine sitting in a movie theater yeah. full of people waiting to see a James Bond movie. And then that shit plays over the opening credits. I promise you that you will laugh. Yeah. Just gut laugh. I laughed so hard listening to this. Just imagine. Ding, 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 and then this, this. fucking people want to give uh, Johnny Greenwood a lot of credit for being like a great composer. No, right? No, you yeah. don't listen to classical music. I, you do, you just don't. Yeah. If you think he's a good composer, you do not listen to classical music because it is so fucking ham-fisted. The arrangement, the progression, and the dynamics of this James Bond theme song, and and then you've got Tom York's Tom York's indecipherable little whiny voice in there bond songs are supposed to be sexy right right? yeah yeah yeah. do you like james bond movies oh yeah i love james bond movies yeah i've seen every one of them i think i have too yeah it is supposed to be sexy right there is like a smooth vibe to it Uh, little puny no get close to the moon it's not (laughs) no 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 it's like the anti-james bond right there thom york is should be the villain yeah well you know as we like to say uh if radiohead is your favorite band your favorite band sucks your favorite band sucks. Thank you for listening to Your Favorite Band Sucks. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you feel like, finally, there's someone saying what you've always been thinking, that's awesome, but check it out. If you think that feels good, come out of the shadows and step into the light. Let the world see who you really are. That's right. I'm asking you to share this episode of the podcast on your Twitter, your Facebook, your Tumblr, your Instagram. Talk about it on your Twitch stream or whatever the hell else you kids are doing. If you've got a nudie webcam show, write our website address on your body. It's yfbspod.com. You'll feel a lot better after you do.
something I forgot to mention in the episode is that when I was 15 years old, I had Kid A on CD and my mom took it away from me because she said it sounded creepy and it was freaking her out that I was listening to that. So I was probably mad about that at the time, but in retrospect, shout out to my mom, y'all. That's good parenting. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter. It's YFBSpod. We talk a little extra shit on there sometimes. It's fun. Okay, next week on the podcast, we're talking about how much Tool sucks. And I'm pretty nervous about it because A, I don't want to get shot by a redneck on meth. And B, I don't want a bunch of angry tweets from 4chan neckbeards with online certificates making them ordained ministers. But whatever. That's just how it goes sometimes. See you there.